Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith, how the two come together and lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM. The fan. Uh, welcome to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The fan. I'm Mike McGivern flying solo this week, hoping that Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church will be in studio with me soon. Our special guest for the entire show, he is uh, David Urban. He is the CEO of Missionary Athletes International. And uh, man, I- I've had some fun talking to him off the air. David, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Man, I am good. I hope you and your family had a Merry Christmas and, and certainly Happy New Year to you guys. Thank you as well. Thank you very much. Hey, let's talk a little bit about, uh, uh, before we get into Missionary Athletes International and what you guys do, you know, I I, uh, I worked in the soccer game for a while. I, I worked for the indoor team here in Milwaukee, the outdoor team here in Milwaukee, worked for an indoor team down in Chicago, and uh we're going to talk a lot of soccer with you. I want to know kind of your background, where you grew up, and, and uh, where you played, things like that. That's great. No, I guess you better be careful because I may look to hire you. Uh, yeah, you know what? I Hey, you know what? I've had a tough couple of weeks. This might not be a bad time <laughs> for you to be talking. I'm only kidding. I'm an old grandfather of four. Hey, so, nice. where did, David, where did you grow up? Yeah, I'm, uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia and uh, grew up playing the game. And my dad started a soccer club program um, when I was little and uh, coached hundreds of kids for about 20-some years. And he just passed away this uh, this past October. So it's um, it's been an interesting time with uh, the passing of my father. But I grew up just outside Philadelphia, and I played a high school and collegiate soccer in, in that same area. Uh, I went to a Christian college called Eastern University just outside Philadelphia near Villanova. Hey David, I'm sorry for your loss. We lost my mom on April second, so I, I, I uh, yeah, I, I am, uh, I'm sad by by uh, her passing. You know, I uh, come from this uh, six kids, this uh, whole Irish thing. You know, six of the McGiverns on the east side of Milwaukee, and and my dad was a bricklayer and a mason, and uh, he I, I, he never threw the ball. He wouldn't. He didn't like sports. My mom did, and. Uh, yeah, she was a big sports fan, and I do a, a high school coaches show here on twelve fifty a.m. every Saturday from ten to noon. And David, she never missed the show, never. That's awesome. And I do I do a home improvement show from eight to nine, a youth sports show from nine to ten. Now I was, 
and, and in quotations, forgot her son Michael was doing those shows. But at 10 o'clock, you know, and she lived at the Catholic home. At 10 o'clock, she had to be in her room so that she could listen. And when COVID hit, um, I said, hey, I, I, I talked to her two days, uh, in fact, a day and a half. I talked to her the evening on a Tuesday and I said, how you doing? She said, Michael, I kind of like this. I said, you like this? She said, yeah, nobody bothers me. I've got all my books. She was an avid reader. I have my TV to watch my boyfriend, Tucker Carlson, at 7 o'clock. And I have my radio to listen to you. She goes, it's, I, I kind of like it. I said, well, don't you, don't you miss me? She said, no, not so much. I miss the jelly donuts you bring me. I said, I'll drop some off on Friday. And the next day, the Catholic home called, said she's not doing well. And the following, the following day, she passed. And yeah, just uh, just really saddened by by that. She loved Thanksgiving. She loved Christmas. And and uh, I, I got to tell you, I miss her. And I'm sure same thing for you. Yeah, you know, we don't get to choose our parents. And uh, we were sounds like you were blessed. I was blessed to have the dad that I had. And it sounds like you were blessed with the mom that you had. Uh, there's no doubt she would uh, she would wake me up. Um, Dave, think about this. And she'd say, hey. Friday night, my dad, again, being the bricklayer, Mason would head out with his boys, right? He'd head out to the, they'd sit in some bar and have beers or whatever. She would uh, wake me up and say, hey, do you want to watch the big redheaded kid with me? I go, yeah. She loved Bill Walton when he was at UCLA. Like, loved it. And so she would wake me up, have a little bowl of popcorn waiting on me, and I'd sit on the couch with her and watch Bill Walton. And then she took me to a a high school game in Milwaukee, and it was snowing out. And she said, get in the car. We're going to a basketball game. I said, my, it's snowing out. You don't even like when driving when it's raining. She said, no, we got to see this game. And we went to Marquette High, and it was sold out. And she said, I, my son's going to see this game. And it was a guy named Jim Jones against <laughs> Allie McGuire, Al's son. Oh, wow. And it was, yeah. and I knew at that point I was going to do something with high school basketball, and I coached for 36 years, and it's strictly because of her. So, And obviously, your dad had a lot to do with, with who you are, and, and especially in the game of soccer. Yeah, and, and even with the ministry that we lead, so much of what we do is uh, try and train coaches because the influence that a coach can have on an individual player, and um, you know, we see it as an opportunity for life transformation. Well, we uh, we love that. Hey, growing up in Philadelphia, so you're Eagles, 76ers, Phillies, all of that for you? Absolutely. Very proud of that, actually. Uh, um, you know, I remember watching when I was growing up, uh, the Sixers would always play against the Bucks in the playoffs. And, then, uh, you know, Bill Walton was not a favorite of our family because when he was a Celtic, you know, that was a big, huge robbery for us. But uh, my kids are born and raised watching Eagles games, so the highs and the lows and all that. So I can tell not, you. I not can, a great year this year. I can tell you that Dr. J never, never, he didn't do much against the Bucks. It was Bobby Jones and Maurice Cheeks and Dawkins. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, that team drove me nuts because they, they <laughs> beat the Bucks and they would hit shots that they didn't hit all year. Bobby Jones hitting fadeaways from the top. Come on now. I, I just, <laughs> man, I got all that. And here up in Wisconsin against the Eagles, do you know we still talk about fourth and 26? Does that mean anything to you? I know exactly that play. Oh, man. And my kids would know that play for sure. Hey, we, would, we would always have about 10 families over, and their kids come over, and <sighs> we'd all watch the game, and every time they'd sing or score, we'd sing the song and all that. So, yeah, definitely diehards in there. And I remember Sidney Moncrief all the time with the Bucks and how good of a player he was. So, 
I, uh, I, I know that feeling. The fact that you remember 4th and 26, I'm about to end this interview. I'll just go somewhere <laughs> else. I can't. I, I am starting to sweat. I, so in the radio station, two, I work every day with two former Green Bay Packers, Gary Ellerson mm. and Leroy Butler. And don't you dare say fourth and twenty six to uh, you. Just keep it to yourself, brother. You don't want to hear about it. You, man, that is that it's something up here that if you say fourth and twenty six to a Packer fan, it's just not good. So that, those Eagles, I'll, I'll tell you that we are our special guest today. He is David Urban, and he is the CEO of Missionary Athletes uh, International. And as we're talking. As we're talking, their website, and, and we're going to talk a lot about what they do, but it's maisoccer.com, maisoccer.com. And as you listen to this interview, if you're being led to help them, you know what? If you want to help them out, there's a place that you can go online and donate 10 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is. But when you go to that website, do, do yourself a favor. Read some of the stories. Some of them are from two years ago. Some of them... It doesn't matter because when you start reading the stories, make sure that you have 20, 25 minutes. You're not going to click on this website and then get in the car and go to the grocery store because you're going to get caught. And I don't want you yelling at me because I warned you. You start reading some of the stories, and we're going to talk about the one that was my favorite, The Secret of Sports Ministry, Lessons from Japan. Man, we could do the entire show on just this article that was written about this this story, and, and we're going to get to that later in the show. Hey, David, how did you get um, with uh, ministry, uh, how did you get with the company? I want to keep calling it MAI because that's kind of how it goes by. But um, as we're talking, and people have to understand where, uh, where you work and what you guys do, and we'll we'll continue to talk about that. But how did you become the CEO of, of MAI, and how did that that kind of journey get you there? No, I appreciate that. Um, I just. Uh, started my third year, so I just completed my second year there. And um, when they were going through a process of looking for a new CEO, we had a former president and CEO who was there for about, I guess, about 16 or 17 years and did a great job of leading the ministry. And as they were going on uh, looking for a new leader for the ministry, uh, I got connected to them. And I was involved with uh, Christian universities and, and higher education. And also we had a consulting company that worked with Christian schools around the country and some internationally. Um, but my background was always in soccer. And about seven years ago, we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, which just happens to be where our headquarters are for MAI. And um, I got to know some of the different people, found out about the ministry, started to become a supporter of the ministry. And my wife started to work part-time there. And as they were doing the search, we started talking a little bit about, you know, would I be a decent candidate? Would I be a good fit for it? And, um, you know, we, we went through probably about three to six-month process of uh, trying to identify, is this a good fit for me? Or is it a good fit for them? And um, you know, it just feel really privileged to be in the role that I get to be in. Um, uh, a lot of the stuff, I had a pretty good idea of what I thought I was, you know, walking into, but there are certainly some surprises that uh, I've already been just completely changed and impacted by this ministry. Boy, that how awesome is that? You know, mm-hmm. when, when you can walk in and you know a little bit about it, but, you know, when you take over as a CEO, you know, they're looking to you for guidance and you're, you're, the, you're the guy. And for you to say that, I think, is a big deal. When you go on the website and you want to know a little bit more about them, I always look for for, for web during website visits, when I'm trying to research for the show, I look for what I think is the, the soul, right, the mission statement of it. And, and let me just read this, and this is what I, I just read it a couple of times, went, boy, this is who these guys are. 
They want to, this is what it says. We want to recruit, train, and equip soccer coaches to use their position of influence to inspire people, especially youth from the youngest ages, to live for Christ. At the center of this effort are roughly 60 MAI staff members who have chosen to answer the calling to ministry through a faith support funding model. These dedicated staff are the seed sowers, and I love that 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 right there. They are the seed sowers who live in our urban ministry neighborhoods, lead international outreach tours, train players and coaches in sports ministry through our offices in Charlotte, Chicago, and Southern California. And I and that is, you know, in in sales, you know, I'm a sales rep at, at these stations. We, we what's your elevator pitch? That is the elevator pitch. Right there yeah. for MAI. That I don't know if you, it could be done any better. They the staff are seed sowers, and again they have chosen to answer the call, and it's a faith support funding model. And that's why I asked earlier in this segment, when you go to the website, click on um, you know to be able to help fund these 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 people that are really doing great work, and we'll know more about what they're doing throughout the show. But I, I'm asking the people that listen to the show, go on the website. And if you read the stories, if you're feeling led to help them, let's help them. We need 2021 needs to be a big year for these guys. And but with 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 COVID, hopefully soon to be in the back view mirror. We we you know what? Companies like this and ministries like this took a hit during COVID. And let's see if we can't make them them whole a little bit. When you talk about those that dedicated staff of 60 people doing this, you have to be impressed on a daily basis, David, with these guys. Yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly, it is unbelievably humbling um, to, to actually be in a role that I get to be in. And, and honestly, uh, most days I feel the, the one that's the least prepared than, than a bunch of these other guys. Some of the guys have been with the ministry for 30 years, and they are giants, and they are heroes. And uh, they have given their life uh, for the Lord and uh, amazing ways and, and the opportunity that I have to come and walk beside them and, and uh, um, to learn from them and, and to encourage them, but also to really press upon them about making sure they leave their fingerprints all over our ministry because the ones that are going to be coming after them uh, need to be impacted by the dedication and the way that they have served the Lord through this ministry. So um, it's, a, it's a really neat thing. I have the opportunity to work with some in the 60s and late 60s all the way down into you know the early 20s. And then we also obviously serve a population that oftentimes are, are youth. Um, so it, it is really humbling to be in the role that I get to be in. Hey, when you go to uh, that website, and, and again, I, I encourage you to do it because I spent a lot of time on it because I couldn't get off it. I kept reading this. MAISoccer.com. Um, there's a story from a, a young guy named Tanner Scott. Right, Chicago Eagles gave me the opportunity to encounter Jesus Christ and the gospel on a whole different level. I had grown up in the church knowing all the answers in the Christian faith. It was not until I came to the Eagles that I was challenged to actually live out the values that I grew up with. I truly learned what it meant to play soccer for his glory. I, You know what? I, I And I don't know Tanner Scott, but I had tears in my eyes reading this, and I thought, my goodness. He goes on to say, going beyond my personal faith, I've had the opportunity to share how Jesus has transformed my life with many different individuals, I was able to share my testimony in Brazil and watch young kids accept Jesus Christ as their Savior while using soccer as a tool. That's what we're talking about today. That's exactly what this Faith in the Zone, what we do on this show, is highlight, promote, and celebrate people like David Urban and these employees and these people that have, 
have given their life over and said, Lord, I'm, I'm going with you. And I'll, you, you figured out faith support funding model. I don't know if I could sleep at night. You know, that's a tough one. <laughs> and you got to hand it all over. So MAISoccer.com. We're going to get to a break. He's David Urban, and he is the CEO of Missionary Athletes International. And we'll continue our conversation on the other side with him. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, again, flying solo this week. Looking forward to having Pastor Ken Keltner, Brookside Baptist Church. This show, David Urban and Pastor Ken Keltner, they, I would not be talking because they both talk the same language. Pastor Ken, big soccer fan, understands how, you know, how rolling a ball out, any ball, is when you're outside of the United States and you're doing missions work somewhere else. And David and I had that conversation, and that's exactly how this thing whole this whole thing started with MIA. And and I can tell you that MAI, excuse me, they started in 19, let me look, 87. The fall of fall of '86 is where they they kind of got this going. '83 is when they started getting it going. '86 they brought in um, Dave Irby as a full time staff member, and then boom, it, it's been growing a little bit ever since. And they've been doing really really good work. And David Urban, who is the CEO, is is joining us. David, if somebody asks you, hey, what do you do? And when you tell them what you do, and they say, hey, I, I I'm I'm going to grab a cab here in a minute. Can you kind of quickly tell me what what you guys are trying to accomplish with your company? What do you tell them? That's a great, it's a great question because um, you know we have four different offices across the country, but basically our vision and our mission is to glorify God and see lives transformed by sharing the message of Jesus through the global game of soccer. So basically, what we try and do is we try and use this vehicle that is the most common language around the world, aside from music. Um, to try and use this as an opportunity for us to be able to uh, have the opportunity to share the gospel with others. Um, so that, that's kind of like the, the a nutshell of, of what we try and do. And now that looks different in different parts of, uh, you know, in Charlotte, that looks a little bit different than it does in Chicago and Southern California, but then also internationally. Um, you know, our, the vision was when it was founded was that it could get us into any country in the world because uh, the game is a, is a worldwide game. Hey, so do you guys like – when I talk about the Chicago Eagles, right, and you can go to ChicagoEagles.com if you want to look at what we're talking about, do they do they play games? Do they? Is it just uh, more camps and more, you know, um, some Bible study? If if somebody looks up the Chicago Eagles, what yeah. are they going to find? You'll find that there's a, a significant piece of um, uh, urban ministry where uh, we have missionaries that are living in, a, in an apartment complex and and. Um, trying to build relationships with youth and using the game as the vehicle to build these relationships. So they have a, a small club program where uh, you'll have kids from all different ages playing uh, together, so they would have their own teams. They also have a great summer academy program where uh, the college-level players, both men and women, will come to, to Chicago for about eight weeks, uh, and they'll play high-level games and then uh, also run different camps all throughout the area. But then they'll also do a two-week mission trip to Brazil um, and they go through our sports ministry training. It's a great opportunity for us to train this next generation of people to be able to have a, a bigger vision for their life and just 
you know, going off back to college or just playing this game. But uh, they really see this as an opportunity as a tool. Wow. And so where where do you recruit uh, or where do you find, you know, guys that, that are either in or have been in the game of soccer that, that you know, have a similar belief to where, what you have? Do they find you or do you guys um, go out and recruit? Do you guys look for people to get involved? We do. We, I, I would say that's one of the things that um, I, I think for my role coming in and, uh, you know, my background was in, it was a, as a recruiter at universities for the last, you know, 20 years or so. So, you know, I want to be really um, proactive about telling our story, proactive about trying to, to bring others to help support and, and to be part of our ministry. Uh, but uh, a lot of the people that we've gotten to involved with our ministry have either been on one of our tours uh, or have come through um, some aspect of our ministry. Um, and I would say most of them, while they love the game, uh, the reason why they're joining our ministry isn't because of the game, it's because of the vehicle that allows us to really be able to get into the ministry and to touch lives. Hey, as um, as the CEO, what ke- what keeps you up at night? You know, what keeps you up going, man, if we could if we could figure this part of it out or if we could get help here or if we could do better here, you know, as the guy that kind of oversees, you know, this entire group, what, what could, keeps you up at night? You know, that's a great question because uh, uh, I'm naturally a little bit of an anxious person and uh, it reminds me of my need for the gospel, reminds me of my need for the Lord. And um, But I think the things that keep me up at night is one is how can I help uh, support and lead our staff uh, to be really uh, strong uh, in our walk with Christ first as we go out to do ministry second. Um, but, you know, we want to make sure that our people are healthy uh, spiritually as well as every other aspect as we go out to try and serve others. Uh, secondly, I think about um, uh, I don't I don't want us to be a ministry that is um, always concerned about the, uh, the, the funds and the resources and the thinking uh, to be uh, risk avoidance because we're scared that the funds aren't going to come in. But to, to really try and look at things and saying, wait, could you imagine what the Lord might be able to do if we went in this direction and we we're going to be aggressive about investing into these different things? Um, that's one of the things that gets me just so excited is, um, you know, if we're fully functioning and we're thriving and, and, and we're being wise about the things we're making decisions about, uh, you know, how could the Lord use us in an amazing way and, and to see um, – things that we would have never even imagined before. And that's the stuff that gets me so excited. Um, I think missions agencies have struggled in the past and still today about bringing people on and getting them started. Um, and I would love to, that would be one thing that I constantly am trying to think of is how do we help people that feel called to this ministry? How do we help them get started as soon as possible? Because I think it's important for us uh, to get out there and to be serving. Hey David, um, the second segment of Faith in the Zone, we we always ask for um, for someone's testimony, and and I know we're we're midway through uh, segment two, but I, I'd like to ask if you would share your testimony with our listeners. Yeah, I'd, I would love to. Uh, I grew up in a great home. I talked a little bit about my father, and um, you know, growing up with unbelievable parents, and um, they are they were happily married for fifty nine years, and uh, so I grew up in a great home, and um, everything was provided for us. Everything was. Um, uh, I wasn't needing anything. We weren't wealthy, but you know everything was provided for us. I went to, um, uh, I lived in a really wealthy suburbs of Philadelphia, and um, went to Lower Marion High School. And I got to coach at Lower Marion High School. And I only bring that up because of Kobe Bryant. And you're talking about high school basketball, right? Um, but uh, when I was there, the, the high school that I went to was 40 or 50 percent Jewish. So I spent many more days going to synagogue when you're 12, 13, 14 years old in, in Lower Marion Township 
and uh, spending many more days in synagogue than I ever did go to church. Um, after first grade or so, I would go to church maybe Christmas Eve, and that was about it every single year. Um, so I was uh, I was definitely a, a kid that did not grow up in a church, did not uh, know much at all about the Bible. But I also grew up, though, in a home that, um, you know, I would have believed in Jesus. I would have um, uh, known that I was a sinner. I would have known that the world didn't revolve around me. My parents let me know about that and taught me well about that. Uh, but I also didn't have any true understanding or even really ever heard of the concept of a day-to-day walk with the Lord. Um, when I uh, graduated from high school and I was looking at different colleges to go play ball, one of the places I ended up looking at was a Christian college. And, and uh, while I didn't you know, know much about what that meant, I did know that uh, I felt like I was a Christian because I would have believed in Jesus. Uh, but when I got there, it was so different from anything I ever experienced because I did not grow up going to a church and, and, and that, that whole context and that whole culture. So when I got there, very much it was uh, very different than anything I ever experienced. And uh, it was actually through uh, the coach that was leading the team and a, and a group of guys that were walking with the Lord that uh, poured their lives out in front of me. And um, it was just so appealing. And uh, very quickly did I recognize the fact that this, this idea of who Jesus was, I had no concept of that until I really got there. Wow. You know, that's that I, I can tell you, uh, Dave, that's a really cool story because a lot of times on Faith in Israel, we'll hear guys, you know, or, or women that'll say, look, I, I was raised in a Catholic or a Christian home or a, a Baptist, but I didn't really know, but I kind of had this base about it. And then I got to college and you know what? I, I I was I did a lot of the things that college kids do. Very seldom do we hear, "Hey, this is who I was." But then when I got on campus, this is where it all kind of kicked in. Do you remember getting on campus? And if I said, "Hey, give me a name or two of somebody on on campus back in the day with you," that you would say, "Hey, look, I, this guy really encouraged me, or they really helped me in my walk." Yeah, and that would be so easy. Like the first guy that comes to my mind was our college coach, who was. A guy named Wayne Rasmussen, and uh, he had just a way about his life, and and he had this concept. The way he lived his life was that it was never about, hey, because we're Christians, we can't do these things. It was always about, hey, because we're believers in Jesus, this gives us the freedom to be able to go live life to its fullest and experience things to the fullest because of who we are in Christ. And he would always talk about, you know, if you have a choice between a memory and a dollar, take the memory every time. And I, I, I was just so intrigued by him because he lived differently than anybody ever seen before. And I would just sit next to him on you know road trips, going to games and on the way back, and just pick his brain about different things. And uh, but it, his life was so appealing. But it was he would always point it back to uh, because of who he was in Jesus. And it was it was never about hey you can't do that you're a Christian you can't do that. It was always about man can you believe we can do this because of what Jesus did for us. Oh man, good you know what good for Wayne. I, is he still with us, do you know? He is, and uh, he and I are still very close, and he's working at um, uh, a college out in California, and uh, so we, yeah, we're very, very close. And you know, it, was, it was neat even talking to him about when I was looking at this opportunity as, as becoming the CEO and, and to you know, share the idea with him. And uh, you know, it was really exciting because I think so much of what he poured into me is, is what I'm hoping to be able to pour out into others. You know, being a, a, a former basketball coach, I I tell you what, that's the that's the best. You know, when you hear that kind of, you know, from a former player to come and say, "Hey, look, you know, you taught me more than what a flex offense or how to shade a screen or you know box out. This is what I learned from you." And for me, I that just that that means more than 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 anything. 
You know, these yeah. state championships and stuff like that are great. I mean, they really are. But when you get somebody that says, look, you you don't know what you did for me. But I, yeah. but because of that, I'm trying to, to to model what you did, and now I'm trying I'm trying to coach, and I'm trying to do this and that. He is David Urban. He is the CEO, and it's it's Missionary Athletes International and MAISoccer.com. MAISoccer.com is where you're going to want to go. On the other side of the break, when you're on that website, read a lot of the stories. You know, I I I just got caught reading these, and the one I talked to you about with Tanner Scott. I don't know this guy, but his. You know what? I want to meet him because what he talked about about with the with the Chicago Eagles was great. And then I started reading uh, this article called "The Secret of Sports Ministry: Lessons from Japan." And I just uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this article and some of the things that I highlighted as I was reading it because it just it it, it blew me away. And I printed it so I could bring it home, read it again, and hand it off to my wife, Terry, so she can read it as well. Speaking of that, before we get to a break, what, David, what's your wife's name? Carolyn. Uh, and, and you have kids, right? We do. We have three. We've been married for uh, just celebrated our 25th anniversary. And so we've got two in college and one, uh, two girls in college and one son who's in ninth grade. Man, oh, man. Congratulations. Did, did, I'm, uh, I'm, did, I'm a rich man. Did you all kick your covers like most of us? It's not even close. It's not. You know, look, hey, pal, I'm the president, and Pastor Ken, he's by far the vice president, but you can, we got some room on the board. Pal, you come on that board. He is David Urban, and he is the CEO of Ministry Athletes International. You're going to want to go to maisoccer.com um, and take a look overall, the umbrella of what they're doing. And when you listen to him talk and the passion that he has, for this this missionary field that they are really doing a good job on, if you're feeling led to help them out, there's a nice, easy way to do that on that website, and you get an idea um, on who these people are, not only the people that work there, but some of the people that they've really impacted, and I would recommend that you go and do that. We will continue our conversation with David on the other side. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here are your hosts, Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner, only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I am Mike McGivern and I've had fun talking to our guest. He is David Urban, again, CEO of MAI. It is uh, Missionary Athletes International, and it's maisoccer.com. And you don't have to be a big soccer fan. You know, I know. look, I know some of you guys going to be going, hey, but what, what, McGivern, you're a football, basketball, baseball guy. No, I... I dabble a little bit in the in the soccer world. In fact, David, I I, uh, I work for the outdoor team here in Milwaukee, and the former World Cup coach Bob Gansler was our coach oh. for the Milwaukee Rampage, and and uh, I would leave every game at halftime to set up our post game party. And he finally said, "Man, McGivern, are you leaving at halftime?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Why?" I go, "Well, I have to set up the post game party." He goes. What's the setup? It's at the same place, and you guys do the same thing. I said, do you want to know the truth? He said, yeah. I said, outdoor soccer is like watching paint dry for me. He goes, you're not kidding. I go, no, it's horrible. Well, that offseason, his office was, was one floor b- below mine, and he would call up, and he'd go, what are you doing? I go, nothing. 
He goes, come on down. I want to show you something. Well, he's breaking film down, and he said, look, you're a basketball coach, right? I go, yep. It's very similar. Watch this. Watch this. Mm-hmm. I was taught the game of outdoor soccer by the former World Cup coach. Awesome. And do you know, David, I fell in love with it. I felt it's it is when it's played when it's played right and even close to being right. It's such a beautiful sport to watch. And if you understand why, you know why are they doing what they're doing? It, it's it's amazing. I'll stop. I'll be driving through a park here in Milwaukee. There'll be a game going on. I'll just stop and get out and go watch it. Yeah, it's neat. It's a, it truly is a player's game. You know, coaches can that. The, I remember our college coach would say, "Hey." Uh, the games are yours, but the practices are mine. And, and the idea that once you get in the game, there's very little coaching that can actually take place on the sidelines. And the players have to figure it out. And there's no timeouts. And it's, it really is. It's a beautiful game, but it's, and it's much more physical than I think a lot of people really recognize. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Hey, your, uh, your, your daughters and son, did, did any of them uh, pick up the game of soccer? Do they play? They all did uh, when they were younger and um, all the way up to almost to uh, – uh, high school, and my son's still playing in high school. Uh, my wife also co- uh, coached college lacrosse, so they all also play lacrosse, too. So, Oh, man. She she coached college lacrosse. Now, that's a game. So this youth sports show that I do, I've talked to youth lacrosse clubs here in southeast Wisconsin, and it's not nearly as big here, obviously, as it you know, was in out Philadelphia. East. You know, out east, it's, it's huge. Is it big yeah. in Charlotte? Uh, I would say it's getting there. The men's side is definitely is pretty big. The women's side's coming along, but you know the, the success of the programs at UNC and Duke and Virginia, and you know it's it is obviously it's one of the fastest growing games here for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, I like to ask guys um, who are athletes and 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 played at a pretty high level. You played college soccer. and 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 if you missed our second segment, as David talked about his testimony, when he got on that college campus is, is when he, you know, accepted Jesus Christ, when he figured it out, when he started this walk and trying to walk worthy. And, and David, when you were on the college campus playing college soccer, um, was it easier for you to walk worthy inside the locker room or outside of the locker room? It's a great question because I think as I shared, I, you know, I came to faith when I was in college. I think um, I would say the transformation took place over time, and I would say, uh, I probably still wrestled greatly with, um, uh, you know, my growth and, and my walk with the Lord during those years. And, and soccer would have been one of the things that was probably the hardest thing uh, to, to transition from because and I remember just being any time being onto a field and just only thinking about winning and, and that at all costs and uh, playing games that I love. And I would say, you know, it definitely took time um, uh, to get that to change and, and to have that uh, come outside of that. And I would say it probably took place a couple of years after college that uh, more of that took place. But, uh, and so in some ways while I was playing in college, I would say there was still a lot of developing that was going on internally as well as externally. Wow. And, and you know what, that's, that's encouraging that, that you, you knew that and you were trying to figure it out and, and, and trying to inside and outside the locker room, you know, get your steps together with that and, and hey where did you and caroline meet where did you guys on in college or yeah i'm four years older than her so we were never in college together but um because i was an athlete and she was an athlete we would bump into each other at different times and she was doing young life and um uh at a place where uh was my rival for where i was coaching in high school so i'd bump into her because uh, i was 
scouting out games and I'd see her at different places and be, bump into her at campus. And, and over a period of time, we just got to know each other. Yeah, and you, you know you were thinking, man, oh man, that girl's cute. You know what you were thinking, Urban? Absolutely. Maybe I could, maybe Absolutely. I could get her to go to a movie with me. What is Young Life, by the way? What is that? Uh, Young Life is a is a ministry that um, uh, the goal is to be able to. Um, they basically volunteer leaders go into local high schools, and they uh, adults are going in there and trying to befriend kids with the idea that they want to earn the opportunity to share the gospel. Um, and to, and to be their friends and uh, but in creating these relationships, the goal of the relationship is that they would be uh, just an influential person in the life of these kids, but also with the idea that we want to be able to have the opportunity to earn the opportunity to, to share the gospel. That we just don't share it, but we earn the opportunity to do it. Boy. So it's, it's an international ministry and it's a great program. Boy, that's you know what? It's the first time I've heard of it, and I wrote it down. I'm going to look them up, and and uh, sounds like a perfect. You know, uh, guest for for faith in the zone, and I will uh, yeah. I will look at that. Hey, um, during this segment, I really wanted to talk about, and I don't know if you you even remember um, this story that's on your website, the secret of sports ministry lessons from Japan, and I, this story was it just caught my attention. And it starts by saying, hey, team parents praise us for flying across the, you know, the world to spread the gospel in Japan. College friends wore our fundraiser T-shirts around campus. The attention made us feel we had, we, um, we had to accomplish something by evangelizing on the streets. Uh, and they talk, she talks a lot about this. And she says, during the first week in Japan, I wasn't the only one who, who wondered how playing soccer and singing Bananas for My Lord to bleachers full of strangers could be considered evangelism. Although soccer was our platform for ministry, my teammates imported their own ideas on what a missions trip should look like based on other missions trips that they had been on. Well, one night we got dressed up after an hour in a Japanese spa, and one of our teammates asked, hey, did you ever wonder what we're really doing here? Like, are we helping anyone? And the, all the girls nodded in agreement. So I get caught reading this, and when you go, and we're, we don't have time to go through the whole thing, but the journey, and the, this should be a book is what it should be, but she talks about this, and at the end, she says, look, you know what, regardless of my lack of immediate results, I am confident that my soccer team did accomplish triumphs in Japan. However, my faith does not rely on my team's efforts or outstanding qualities or tangible results, God used my team to demonstrate his love to the Japanese. Results are invisible because God worked within their hearts at whatever stage they were at in in their slow journey towards Christ. So she went in thinking, okay, what are we doing here? Like, this is yeah. fun, and we're singing these songs. And then I, I'm sure in the airport, she's thinking these thoughts going, my goodness, hold on a second. This isn't about me. In the last paragraph, similarly, my short-term missions team did not need to worry about what fruit was sprung from our sports ministry. We simply needed to rest in God's goodness and humbly obey our task. And, and I thought, I got goosebumps reading this, and I want to meet this gal who lives, I think, in Long Beach, and I want her to come on the show you know, yeah. he, she said he equally calls others to use their own talents to share Christ's love and truth with the world. Her, this trip for her changed her life. It was yeah. life-changing for her. And that's what we're, our goal is to be able to—the reason we do these trips and these tours and we take other people overseas is we do want them to have a, a transformation experience for themselves, even if they're already believers, but the idea that 
you know, our life is not our own and we're to give it away and, and to, um, you know, invest our lives in the things of, of, of what the Lord would have us invest in. And, you know, the, Japan is an interesting piece because the, the person that's really reckon, um, referenced all throughout that is a guy named Paul Gizzi who played in the NASL and yep. he's in his late 60s. And he's just an amazing man. He was born as a missionary kid in Japan. And he, for 25, 30 years, he's been taking teams over there. And uh, the fruit of, of what you're seeing in that in such a hard place as far as the, for the gospel to take root there. Um, but he has just been so faithful and has uh, you know, shared experience with so many other uh, college-aged kids and bringing them over. And I think um, that was one of the, my first international trips with MAI was going with him over to Japan. And, and to see in his relationship that he had built over years after years, it's such a hard place. Um, but uh, it, it, is, it, it truly is an honor to be able to go and to be part of something where it's, you know, you're not seeing the immediate results all the time, but you know that you're, you're trying to be faithful what the Lord has for you for that day. Hey, and, and before we get to a break, the last part that I, I highlighted, and we're not going to get to all the ones I highlighted because there's too many, and I just, this article caught my attention. It was so well written. But she says, well, then, what was the point of our short-term trip? To put it bluntly, we were the bait to attract the Japanese, and the pastors and long-term missionaries were the ones responsible for evangelism and fostering deeper relationships. Soccer ministry, though slow, it's very natural way to plant relationships. And I just, boy, I, I was caught up by how well this was written, and I could just kind of feel all of the questions she had, you know, I'm sure on the trip over there. And then when she got there, and she, I love that when someone said, does anybody think, what are we doing here? Yeah. And and that whole transformation during that trip of this young woman who goes, okay, I got it. I know what it is. And and I just think it's it's just a wonderfully written story that I would really recommend that if you go on that website, again, maisoccer.com, that make sure you look at stories and find that story and find the one, The Secret of Sports Ministry, Lessons from Japan. If you ever talk to her, um, Bree Michelson, if you ever know, if you know anybody that knows her, please tell her that I can't stop talking about this article. And I just think it's really caught my attention. And I would love to be able to find her and ask her to be a guest here on Faith in the Zone. We are joined by David Urban. He is the CEO. MAI is the name of the company. It's maisoccer.com. And if you want to help people like Bree and people that are doing the kind of work that she just talked about and wrote about in this article, you can go to maisoccer.com and help them out. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to have a short fourth segment. I want to find out, like we do with everybody, the last segment, if he could put on any uniform that he's ever worn, any team he's ever played for, what uniform does David Urban, again, the CEO of MAI, what uniform does he put on? We're going to find out. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner, only on 1250 AM, the fan. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day well, Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I am Mike McGivern and our guest, and he's been a good one for the entire hour, David Urban. He's a CEO of MAI. Go to maisoccer.com. 
And look, we're in Milwaukee. You want to know what they're doing in Chicago? ChicagoEagles.com or CharlotteEagles.com is another website that you can go to. You know, one thing I didn't tell David is what a fine soccer player I am. And and he has to understand that if he was here in Milwaukee, I would nutmeg him. He he would want to be on the same pitch with me. I could, man, David, I'm only kidding. I got nothing. I got no. I have absolute. David, I got absolutely zero game. I got none. I worked it a little bit and I watched it a little bit, but that's about it. Um, so I, I got to talk a little smack to a Philadelphia boy. You know, you you Philly boys will take you. You'll you'll give the smack right back. So I'm not oh, worried yeah, about. That's what we do. Uh, sure. you, you're not going to crawl up and go in the corner because I told you I was going to net my gear. I'll tell you that. Hey David, if I gave you the opportunity, I took every jersey of every team you've ever played for and I put them in a closet and I said pick one and I'm going to get you one more game. One more time, and it's going to be a night game at home against a rival. Who? What jersey do you grab? I, I'm, going to, I'm going to give two, if that's all right. All right, sure. Uh, but the, the first one was, I told you, my dad would always coach me from the time I was 8 to 18 years old. And uh, there's nothing that I'd love to do and be, be able to play for my dad one more time. And, and to do it with a bunch of the kids that I grew up playing ball with before I was a believer and to have the opportunity to play with them um, another time would be would be fantastic, and to play for my dad would just be you know really sweet. But um, most recently, I would say um, I have I just had the amazing opportunity, and and it's not so much on our website because we have to we can't share too much of it where they, they, anybody could ever really see pictures. But I just had the opportunity to work, and as the ministry go to Turkey, where we work with Iranian refugees wow. and uh, church leaders there. And one of the things that we do when we do training on how you do sports ministry. Uh, is we have these guys in, in a room for about five days, and we, we talk a little bit about how you do sports ministry. But then in the evenings, we go out and we play, and we show them how to do drills and how to run sessions and how to run plays. And, um, but it always leads into some kind of game with, uh, with us all playing, you know, full field or indoor, something like that. And I got to tell you, that was one of the most fun things of playing with these brothers in Christ from the other part of the world that came and that, that literally are in Turkey and they had to flee from Iran because of who they were and, and accepting Jesus and wow. having the opportunity just to play with them and the joy of playing with them, uh, knowing that we were all believers, knowing that we were all brothers. And uh, I would have never, ever imagined I would have ever experienced something like that. Thank you for giving me two. Because I, when you were telling me about playing for your dad, I'm like, what could – what could his second one be? But now I know. You know what? That gave me goosebumps. It just did, David. And 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 I love both of those stories. You know, I uh, if you could get the opportunity to play one more time for your dad would be incredible. But the the second story was just as incredible. Guys, do me a favor. CEO, he is the CEO. Go to this website. It's maisoccer.com. And as we started the show. I just going to remind you that the people that work, roughly 60 staff members, faith support funding model. So you know what that means. If you listen to the show, that they are looking for people that believe in what they're doing and will make, you know, will help them out financially. You know what? Whether it's 20 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month or something like that, you know, go on the website and if you're feeling led to help them continue, do that. They, they are, de- and I read this in the first uh, segment, but these dedicated staff are the seed sowers who live in our urban ministry 
neighborhoods. They lead international outreach tours. They train players, coaches, and sports ministry through our offices in Charlotte, Chicago, and Southern California. David, you got to be so proud. And, and you know, thank you. I, I, I will. We will have you in our prayers. Everybody over at MAI and the things that you guys do. And, and I hope that there are some people listening here that will get, you know, as engaged as I did on that website and understand the great work that you guys are doing. And, and I just commend you as the CEO for this staff that you have. Well, I, I should not take any credit and I've, I'm the last one in, but uh, I am unbelievably blessed to be able to be part of it and to be able to lead it. And I uh, just feel really grateful. Well, amen to that. Happy new year to you and Carolyn and your, and, and, and your kids. I hope uh, 20, I'm hoping 2021 is a little bit better than 2020 and uh, I, I, I pray and I believe that it will be. And again, when you go to that website, maisoccer.com, understand that these the people that are really doing the heavy lifting, their faith support funding model, let's help them out. David Urban, thank you so much. I look forward to meeting you in person one day. And we'll talk Buck 76ers all day long if yes, you want. Sir. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to that. You hey, got- Merry Christmas to you and to all the listeners. And thanks so much for uh, doing what you're doing and be able to, to share sports ministry and, and what the Lord's doing and, and all through professional sports. And we're really grateful for the opportunity to be able to connect with you and, and would love to catch up together. You got it. That's David Urban. And, and certainly, again, Happy New Year to everybody. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip on a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on 1250 AM, The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.